Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you again for joining me on the Word Podcast. So what has the Lord been revealing to you? What has He been showing you about liberty? What has he been showing you about freedom? What has he been showing you in your life? Okay, the adjustments that he wants to make. Really, the changes that he wants to make. I dare say that with each one of us, there are great things that the Lord desires to do. But our tendency to hang on to the law gets in the way. Let's go to Galatians 5 where we were last time together and actually read through these first four verses again. And then watch what Paul says after it. So here it is, Galatians 5, verse 1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Verse 2. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. Verse 3. And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. Verse 4, you have been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. Now, you remember that last verse, that falling from grace always gets people's attention. Look at the, and I guess I can call this a juxtaposition. Look at what he says in verse 5, though. It begins with the word for, F-O-R. And there's nearly an idea of therefore or because. So I want to back up and read verse 4 and then verse 5 together and see if you notice something. You have been severed from Christ, you who are seeking to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. Again, we, through the Spirit, by faith, are, away, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. In just about every one of Paul's letters, he uh, uh, makes quite a number of references to the coming of the Lord again and that which is ahead for us. Um, a lot of times people say he doesn't say anything like that in Galatians. Well, that's not true. He makes two or three references, and this is one of them, that we are waiting for the hope of righteousness. The hope of righteousness is the Lord Jesus Christ. The hope of righteousness is his return. Mm-hmm. And us being with him forever and forever. Yes, we are saved now and we are being saved and we will be saved. Okay. You have righteousness, you have sanctification, you have glorification. But he's saying right here, hey, those of y'all that are seeking to be justified by the law, you've turned away from grace. You've fallen from grace. But for the rest of us, through the spirit, by faith. And notice it's not a faith that we whip up. It's not a faith that I create. I can't just sit there and say, oh, I have faith now. No, the faith literally comes through the Spirit. And by that, I'm waiting the hope of righteousness. The hope of righteousness is in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have hope, not a law. Okay? That's what he's drawing here for us. Verse 6 says this, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but faith working through love. So he's drawing home this idea that it's it's by faith, Lord. It's only by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's only by belief in the Lord Jesus Christ 
It's only by faith in the grace that he's granted to us that we're saved. It's not by our deeds in the law. And you can nearly sense that there's a righteous frustration coming here with Paul. <laughs> because the next verse says this, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? In other words, y'all were doing so good, but somebody is taking you away from the truth. Somebody is hindering you from obeying that truth. Then verse 8 says this, This persuasion did not come from him who calls you. This persuasion, this teaching, this understanding didn't come from the Most High God who has called you. <laughs> so if it didn't come from God, where did it come from? Well, at best, it came from man, and at worst, and in all likelihood, it came from the enemy himself as a strategy to trip up the body of Christ. And he's just letting them know, this does not come from God. Verse 9 is a verse that we're very, very familiar with, but now you'll know the context. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. So he's asking the question, you know, who hindered you from doing this? Who tripped you up? Don't you realize this persuasion is not from God? that you would believe and want and seek to be justified by the law. He says, you've seen examples, and even those who were truly saved were being tempted. He said, but you realize that it's by faith and it's through the Spirit that you're saved. And so is there any hope? He says, well, yeah, we're looking forward and waiting the hope of righteousness. But I love this last verse. This is the last verse we'll look at today, okay? Verse 10 says this. Well, let me read 8 again. This persuasion did not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. He's letting them know, okay, that leaven, the idea being, it's just a little part of the dough. In other words, what they're saying, the big part of what they're saying is true, but there's a little error right here, and this error is really, really going to affect the whole lump of dough. Then verse 10, I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will adopt no other view. But the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. <laughs> I love this. Uh, you know, quite often when we uh, share things, we're talking with somebody, maybe even debating with somebody, or just on an ongoing thing, and trying to uh, get them to see what the truth of the Lord is, what the truth of the word is, we feel like it's our responsibility to make them understand we do have a responsibility to teach. We have a responsibility to impart the truth. Yes, but I cannot make someone believe. I cannot make someone have faith. I cannot make someone understand. What he's saying right here, he says, Brothers, I have confidence in you in the Lord. He did not have confidence in them in the flesh. And the confidence in what he's talking about is, I know you're going to make the right decision. I have confidence in you in the Lord. See, it's the Lord that does this. And he says that you will adopt no other view. He's saying, I know you will not turn away from the gospel of grace, the true gospel that I've brought to you. He says the Lord will guide you if you will seek you. But the one who is disturbing you, and it's interesting because we don't know if Paul is speaking of any one particular. I think there was a group of people that were saying this. And in all likelihood, there was a key person speaking, right? You know, a key leader of this. But the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment. He's just saying God will judge that person. He'll judge the one who's disturbing you. I sort of like the way that Paul closes that verse, that sentence out. Uh, but the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. 
I'm, I'm pretty certain that Paul knew exactly who it was and that he knew exactly who it was. Uh, we forget sometimes that Paul and Jesus were contemporary, that Paul and these Judaizers were contemporaries. They would have gone to the same rabbinical schools. Okay, They would have gone to university together. They knew one another. Paul, in all likelihood, knew exactly who the main individual was that was saying these things and leading it out. But he's not even going to mention him by name. And you know how that is with individuals like that, that if you don't mention them by name, they get all bent out of shape, you know. And you see it today in politics and things like that, the same type of thing happens. And so uh, he's not even going to mention who they are. He's just saying this, the one who's disturbing you, they're going to bear their judgment. But I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you're going to do what's right. Is that not a great thing to say? Is that not a great thing to model? Uh, Isn't that a great thing to model before our children, particularly when they get caught doing something wrong? I had an encounter like that just the other day with one of my grandsons, and he had done something. I didn't know what it was, but I knew he did something. I said, you're scared you'll get in trouble. He went, yeah. I said, okay, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to get in trouble, but you need to tell me what it is. Well, he needed to know whether he could trust me on that. He told me what it was, and when he told me what it was, I started laughing because it was pretty funny. I said, no, you're not to do that, and you know you're not going to do that, but no, you're not going to have any punishment because of that. It's a lot more important that he trusts the Word in the Lord, okay, that he trusts the Word, and the same can be said for us. Uh, Well, our time's up. Again, I'm Dale, and thank you for joining with me. Uh, uh, Pass the Word, okay, let everybody know about this, and I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.